Amen. Good evening, brethren. Everybody doing all right? I got a series that I want to start, but I'm not going to start it until after the gospel meeting because it's going to start and then I'll have to talk about it again and I'll just wait and I'll forget. No, I won't forget, but... Uh, <clears throat> I want to start it where we can just keep going and it'll be kind of a deal. So uh, I had a lesson that I've been working on uh, kind of on the side and, and I figured what a better time than to do it tonight. Um, I really love this lesson and, and I really am excited to talk about it. Uh, it comes from Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and, and we'll be looking at verses uh, 10 through 13. Tonight I want to talk about contentment, being content. If you had to ask yourself this question, am I content with where I am in my life right now, what would you say? You know, that doesn't mean that we can't strive to do better things or uh, meet better goals or set things that we want to strive for, but at this point in your life, where you're at right now, are you content with where you're at? Am I content? You know, if, if you can't say that, if you uh, are struggling with that tonight, I hope by the end of this lesson it will encourage you to see that we can be content. No matter what the situation, no matter what the state that we're put in, we can be content where we're at. And really that is what the Lord wants us to be. But contentment can be an elusive pursuit though, right? If you chase it the wrong way. You know, you chase that feeling of happiness and think by doing this or doing that, that it'll make you happy, right? So what do you do? You chase it. And only after you chase this happiness and you find and do these new things that you think are going to be so satisfying, you find yourself a little bit sadder than before you even started, right? <laughs> think about the debt in America. Think about uh, the idea of we need more and more. We got to go do this and do that. We got to do all of these things to make us so happy, right? It'll give us such a great uh, feeling inside to do all of these things. And so we go out and buy all this stuff. We, we uh, plan all of these extravagant things. And then we end up giving ourselves a nervous breakdown because now the payment becomes due, right? What a great time. Now I got a $400 payment I got to pay, right? And I don't really have the money to pay for it, but boy, I felt happy at that moment for one week, right? We think that we'll find the happiness, you know, the grass is greener on the other side always, but we always, and not always, maybe, maybe you have found that happiness on the other side, but... A lot of the times when we chase it in the wrong way, guess what? It always ends up worse off than before. Why is that? Why, 
Why do we fall into those traps? Well, tonight I want to look at these scriptures and, and I hope that we can find the answer in finding contentment in our lives uh, and how to keep ourselves from falling into that trap and realize this, where you at is good. <laughs> where you're at in your life right now is good. Look at this scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Looking at the text here, Paul is locked up. Paul is in prison in Rome. And he's there because some men want to hush him up. They don't want him to speak what he's been speaking. They want to put him away so they can continue to do the things that they want to do. And Paul, just like Jesus, is tearing down the corrupt system known as Judaism. These priests and uh, those leaders of the Jewish people were wanting Paul out of the way because they, he was messing up the system. They had something going on and they didn't want to lose that power. They didn't want to lose what they were in control of. And here Paul, preaching the gospel, changing people's lives to understand that Jesus is the way, caused them to cause this huge situation. And here Paul finds himself locked up in Rome. But through all of that, through all of that situation, guess what? He says, I am to be content. Content. The Greek word there means self-sufficient or independent. But think about this. Contentment really is an inner sense of rest or peace that comes from being right with God. And knowing that He is in control of all that happens to us. Amen? That is really what we're talking about right here. Look at the spot that Paul's in. He isn't living in the most ideal conditions, would you say? <laughs> but despite all of that, he says he is content. How did he get that mind frame? How did he get to be at that place in the situation that he's in. Because I'm just going to be honest with you. If I was in that situation, I'd be like, really? Are you serious? This is what I get for following the Lord, right? Well, I shouldn't be like that. And shame on me if that's where I'm at in my mind frame. Amen? I should not be like that. So how do we acquire contentment? Look at verse 10. He says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. 
Here the Philippians were helping him in some way. And it's happened again. Paul is getting taken care of. We're talking about a man who probably had money. We're talking about a man who was doing probably very well as a Pharisee, wouldn't you say? He was very smart. He had the zeal. He had the passion. He was the one who was going and taking the Christians out of their house. But here he is locked up in Rome again and he's getting things from the brethren. Have you ever been in a tough spot and had to need help? Have you ever been in such a way that you needed somebody to actually help you? Here was Paul in that type of situation. Boy, you got to humble yourself in that type of situation, don't you, brethren? The first thing to consider this evening is if we want to have contentment, we must humble ourselves to Jesus. We must realize that it's not about us, it's about Him. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 7. The Bible says this, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you when? In due time. And look at the second part of that. Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. See, when I submit myself to the Lord, what happens? I understand this concept. I understand that it's not about me. It's all about Him. And He says that He will exalt me in due time. And what he wants me to do to be able to help myself with this is to cast all of my care upon him. We talked about prayer this morning. Casting it on him. Because guess what? He wants that. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm good with hearing situations. And you guys are too. You, You hear a tough situation and you deal with it, right? But how about if you had a whole bunch of them piled up on you? It'd get tough to deal with, right? But guess what? God didn't like that. God says, I welcome that. Bring it on. Give it to me. More and more and more. But see, here was Paul in a tough situation, but he understood That he was under the submission of Jesus. He was going to do what Jesus told him to do. And he understood that once he humbled himself, that he would be exalted in due time. So no matter if he uh, received a gift of help from somebody, guess what he did? He praised them. Look what he says. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now now at last your care for me has flourished again. I appreciate it. Thank you for helping me. And I'm rejoicing in the Lord because you've helped me. It is not a shameful thing to get help. Paul did. We're talking about Paul the Apostle. This guy is up here on this level, right? And here he is getting help and he says, You know what? I appreciate it and I'll take it. Not because he's using the people, because he needed help, right? He's in a tough situation. He's locked up. 
And what does that do? It encourages both ways. It encourages Paul and it encourages the brethren, right? And what it allows me to do is be able to be content with where I'm at in whatever situation that I got going on. To be thankful and not proud to receive a gift. Think about verses 11 and 12. He says, not that I speak in regard to need. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. Think about that. He knows both ways. How to be full and how to be hungry. I ain't never been hungry. Have you? That's tough. That's tough. To be content in that type of situation? I mean, think about this. If we want to acquire contentment, here's the second thing to consider. Knowing who we serve. We understand that the Lord has our back. Even in the toughest situations. Paul understood that he at some times was hungry. Sometimes he was beat. Sometimes he was left for dead. And sometimes he ate pretty good, right? In all of those situations, no matter where he was, no matter what was happening, he knew who he served. He had humbled himself under the dedication to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to do what God wants me to do because I'm a soldier for Christ, right? I'm unashamed of the gospel. I'm, I've, I've committed myself to do this, but now I know that I serve Him. You remember what Jesus says in Matthew 6.33? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and what does He say? All these things shall be added to you. He will take care of us. We don't ever sometimes give Him 100%. Why? Because we have the little bit of doubt that it's not going to work, right? Just be honest with yourself. I'm not going to fully commit to doing God's will all the way because there's just that little bit of something that it ain't going to work out, right? But Jesus, the one who said, abide in my words and you're my disciples indeed. If we're going to be his disciples, this is what we understand. That all these things shall be added to you if you seek first my kingdom and try to be as righteous as you can be. Look at 1 Timothy. And I, that's a little bit small, but look at what it says. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. 
For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out, right? At the end of the day, when we die, we ain't taking nothing that we got here with us. Amen? It ain't going to be with us no more. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Man. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. And pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O oh man of God, boy, this is, I love this verse, boy, Paul just comes through. He says, But you, O oh man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Hey, you want to know how to. Uh, you want to start living the right way? Just start trying to do those things right there. And it'll take you a while, won't it? <laughs> you want to start doing the right thing? Start pursuing righteousness. Start trying to be real godly. Try to uh, pursue your faith in the right way. And, and try to pursue love and patience and gentleness. It'll take a while, won't it? Try to be gentle to somebody who's really, really talking crazy to you. Your boss at work. <laughs> Probably can get an amen on that, right? But <clears throat> So how do we acquire this contentment? We submit ourselves to Jesus and we know who we serve. We know that the Lord really does have our back, right? And the third thing, the third thing is this. Look at verse 13. What a powerful verse and we all know it, right? Very well, probably. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The third thing to know if we're going to acquire contentment is knowing who we trust. You know, the interesting thing about that, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, means that that is a continual giving of strength. I can do all things because Christ gives me strength. I know this is a hard time. I know this is a tough situation. But you know what? I can do all things through Christ because He gives me the strength. Well, how does He give me the strength? Because I'm going to surround myself with people that are trying to do the right thing. I put myself in situations that's going to keep me from doing the wrong thing. I'm going to put myself in situations where I'm doing God's will no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm saying, no matter how I'm talking. I'm going to do what he says because I trust him. Because he's the one 
That no matter what situation is that I'm in, if I'm hungry, if I'm full, if I'm really low, if I'm really high, no matter where I'm at, I can be content because guess what? God loves me so much. Look at 1 Peter 4.11. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. All things. To whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. All things. Not just some, everything. Because I'm not going to ask God to do ungodly things, right? I'm not going to ask for God to protect me while I go do some terrible act, right? When I go pick up a supply of drugs, I'm not going to ask God to help me get through that situation, am I? No. I'm going to ask Him to help me through this tough time because i got a, a payment that's coming up and I need to make sure that I do it the right way and I spend my money in the right way and I do the things that I'm supposed to do so I can pay the payment. Because I'm struggling right now. I'm in a hard way. I'm down. But I know that this can happen to me because it happened to Paul. Paul was literally in this situation. It was a matter of fact. It isn't nothing that's just fake and a fable and just a sweet little story that we talk about all the time. Paul was locked up and he was innocent. And he stayed there willingly because he knew God was with him. He says... Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state that I am, I'm going to be content wherever I'm at. Boy, that changes the whole game, doesn't it? In your mind frame, where no matter what you're at, even if it's a very bad situation, you still say, you know what, I'm good. And what an encouragement for people who are going through a tough time to say, I'm good. I'm all right. I've seen it. Here, recently. I know you guys have too. I've seen it in the past years. I've seen some things that I've seen faithful people is an encouragement. I want you to think about this. 2 Corinthians 9.8 And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Every good work. He wants to give you an abundance. He wants to give you the ability to abundantly do these good things. But it only comes when you dedicate yourself to the king. When you dedicate your life to say, you know what, I don't care what situation I'm in, I know that God's got my back. I know He does. And I trust Him. And I'm going to humble myself to Him and I'm going to let Him be my guide. Not just in word, but actually in deed, right? I'm not just going to say it, I'm going to actually do it. And I'm going to make it a part of my life. And I'm going to tell you right now, change will come to your life. 
Because you take away the thing and the thought of, I need this, I need that, I need to do this, I need all these things in order for me to be happy. But you know what? I don't need anything except Jesus. That's all I need. For I am the least of the apostles, is what Paul said, who am not worthy to be called an apostle. said he wasn't even worthy because he persecuted the church of God brethren he was killing Christians but the grace of God but by his grace he says I am what I am (laughs) and his grace toward me was not in vain It wasn't in vain that he gave me that grace because guess what? Look what Paul says. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Somebody told me that Paul walked probably 10,000 miles. Think about that. I can't even hardly walk a mile. And I'm wore out. I'm getting in the car. You know what I'm saying? Where are we going? Down? Yeah, let me get in the car. I'll pick you up. Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 10,000 miles. He says, it wasn't given to me in vain. So no matter what situation I'm going to be put in, guess what? It don't matter because I'm going to be content. And I'm not going to let that affect my Christianity. I'm not going to let that affect my walk with God because guess what? I'm going to seek Him first no matter what I got going on because He is going to take care of me. This is just a tradition. A story that I had read a while ago. And I hope that I don't get emotional. I shouldn't. I practiced it a couple times, but I'm an emotional type of guy, y'all. I can't help it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But I want to read this. A wealthy merchant during Paul's day had heard about the apostle and had become so fascinated with him that he was determined to visit him. So when passing through Rome, he got in touch with Timothy and arranged an interview with Paul the prisoner. Stepping inside his cell, the merchant was surprised to find the apostle looking rather old and physically frail. But he felt at once the strength and the magnetism of this man who relied on Christ as his all in all. They talked for some time, and finally, the merchant left. Outside the cell, he asked Timothy, What's the secret of this man's power? I've never seen anything like that before. Did you not guess, replied Timothy? 
Paul's in love. The merchant looked puzzled. In love, he asked. Yes, said Timothy. Paul is in love with Jesus Christ. The merchant looked at him even more bewildered. Is that all? He asked. Timothy smiled and replied, That is everything. How do we find contentment in our lives? We become, here it is, you ready brethren? Captivated by Jesus. Captivated. And by being captivated to Jesus, guess what we do? We'll submit ourselves to Him. We'll serve Him. We'll trust Him. Paul is in love Are you in love? I've never seen anything like it before, is what he said. Timothy smiled and replied, being in love with Jesus Christ is everything. Isn't it though? It's everything. It's what we do. It's why we do it. It's why we're here. I love y'all, brethren, but I love Jesus. I want to be with him. And I know that coming around y'all, y'all have the same thoughts that I have. And here is the verse to remember as we go out into the week. The one that we know that the football players love to put on their eyes and all this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I remember James telling me a long time ago in order and as we were studying with some people that he said the only way that you're truly going to be converted is this if you fall in love with Jesus. And that's true. I don't know if that story is true. I hope it's true because man what an awesome story. That man was changed just in the understanding that somebody loved Jesus and they could see it in his life. Do we love Jesus enough for people to see it in our lives to know that no matter what the situation is, we're content? I'm good no matter what, man. No matter what, I'm good. Because God's got me. That's the comfort that we have in Christ, brethren. But maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. Jesus came to this earth. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb and he was raised on the third day and he did it because he loved you and he loved me. And he said if, that, if you'll repent, you won't perish. If you turn from your old ways, the ways that you think is right, and you turn towards me, that I'll give you life. And if you believe in who I am and you believe that I'm the Son of God, you'll have life. You'll be saved. And that if you'll be baptized in water, you'll be raised to walk in newness of life. Ananias told Paul, this man we're talking about, he said, God has big, huge plans for you, man. So what are you waiting on? Arise and be baptized, man, and get your sins washed away. 
What are you waiting on? Jesus Christ could come back at any moment, and I'm like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Come on, Lord. But maybe you're here today and you ain't a child of God. Don't wait. Do not wait because you don't know what will happen. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you need to be saved, come right now. Together we stand and sing.